Good morning, kingdom. Good morning, kingdom. God bless each and every one of you today. And I trust God and believe God that all of you are well. And I pray that he continues to keep you all well during this pandemic that we're going through. And happy Resurrection Sunday. And we know he lives. And we're so glad he lives. And by, by faith in him, we can all say hallelujah to, the, to our Lord, for he is wonderful. And I want to go ahead and um, give you a topic today, because this is what is an add-on to what the Lord has been giving me concerning we as members of his body, being the church. And... <clears throat> I want to talk about disciples and I want to talk about traditions. I want to talk about disciples and I want to talk about traditions. And before I get started, I'm going to go ahead and just pray in the name of Jesus. So Father, in the name of Jesus, Father, we honor you. I honor you in all that I do. And Father, I humbly come before you and I say thank you, Lord God. I said, Lord, let your precious Holy Spirit just minister through my vocal cords and think through my mind. Father, let your revelation flow freely and unhindered. I pray, God, that every heart that is listening today has been prepared for understanding. And by your precious Spirit, you will quicken the ears of the hearers. And Father, that your word will not fall on hollow ground that your word will fall on the dutiful and those, God, that seek your face and those, God, that you have called for this time and this, and this season that we're living in. For we know, God, it is you who have called us and, and not ourselves. And, God, because you've called us, you are equipping us and preparing us through your precious word. So, Father, I pray today that you let your word be taught today with such simplicity for understanding so that we can all by your precious spirit become greater doers of your word and as many women see god by the faith that is working through us and the power of your holy spirit that god you yourself will get all the glory and we ask all these things in the precious name of our lord and savior jesus christ Church, say amen. Thank you, Lord. So I want to talk about disciples and tradition on this Resurrection Sunday, April the 12th, 2020. And I'm sure it's shaking the core of many uh, church goers where we're not in the four walls of a building uh, together congregating but that we're all still congregating in our homes because we know that we are the church. And, um, you know, you, you got to look at this thing and, and, and just sit back and listen because what we didn't offer up to God today was traditions because many of us have uh, yearly traditions that we offer in our church services year after year. We have the sunrise services we have the uh you know getting up real early before 
the sun rises, we have the, the last spoken words of Christ. You know, we, we, we have, some people have the eggs and the hunting and hunting of the eggs and the dressing real pretty of the children and new outfits, a lot of tradition. And so what is God doing today without our traditions? I'm going to tell you what he's doing. He's still God and he's still sitting on the throne. And he is allowing us to know that without those traditions, he is still God. So we want to take a moment today. I want to take a moment with you to go back and look at, you know, when Jesus ascended from heaven. And when he ascended from heaven, he left instructions. He left instructions for the uh, disciples to continue on the message of the kingdom of God. He left explicit instructions for how the kingdom of God was to grow and how the kingdom of God was to operate, how the kingdom of God was to continue adding more disciples, how the kingdom of God was to continue to share the love of God, how the, how the kingdom of God will continue to yield to the things of God. And we have to get back to the main thing. Because, you know, as I have been, you know, like yourselves, you know, looking for, you know, on that, on the internet and, you know, we have our favorite, some of our favorite preachers that we like to listen to teaching. And, you know, I've seen these big cathedrals where men of God have been preaching to empty chairs. And, you know, when their churches are usually full, you have 20, 25,000 people. And I looked and I said, wow. If this doesn't put things back into perspective to where God wants things to be, nothing else will. We're so busy building these big edifices for God, these big buildings for God, these big monuments for God, and, and these, you know, steep, steep, uh, you know, uh, steeples and, and, and saying, hey, you can tell God is here by looking at that. But let me tell you, God it is not in the building. He is not in the building, but he is inside of all of us. And these are moments that we should come and consider that we don't have the traditions to offer to God because Jesus himself said, the traditions of man make the word of God to no effect. So we still get to celebrate our risen Savior outside of the um, you know, the, the, the traditions where, you know, it's awesome to see the beautiful kids get up and rehearse their speeches, but if it's not planted on the inside of them, we're missing what Jesus wants us to do. And even, even in discipling our own children, we have a responsibility of discipling our own children. So I want you to take a moment and get your Bibles and get your pencils with me. And take your notes. And I want to go to um, what Jesus said in Matthew 28. When he uh, had been resurrected, when he had suffered on, on that Calvary's cross for you and me. And what he said to continue to do. And we are all supposed to continue doing this. Each believer, individually responsible for doing this until Jesus comes again. We are to continue in this. In Matthew 28, 
in verse um, 18. Jesus said to his disciples, and at this time there were 11, and we know that there was one that was with him that did not allow the word to penetrate his heart. So as Jesus is revealing, giving marching orders to uh, the, the, his soldiers, his, his soldiers, his foot soldiers, what he said to them in Matthew 28 and 19, Jesus said, Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations. The Amplified says, help the people to learn of me, believe in me, and obey my word, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. He continues in, say, in saying, teaching them to observe everything that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, remaining with you perpetually, regardless of your circumstance, on every occasion, even to the end of the ages. So Jesus gave the disciples a command to go, to make, to baptize, and to teach disciples. To teach disciples. And when we are all called into this relationship with God and we take and learn of his teaching, that is uh, calling us and causing us to be his disciples. What is a disciple? A disciple is a person who learns, who uh, sits up under a teacher and learn and learn of that teacher and in that learning what happens is they take on what they hear and as they take it on they begin to become we begin to become transformed we begin to become transformed by that teaching transforming us changing us from the inside out the definition of a disciple is a learner, a follower of Christ, a, a pupil. And this is so important about being a disciple. The disciples of old, the disciples and the example Jesus called us in calling the disciples is that they are reproducers. Disciples will call others. When Jesus called the two brothers, Andrew, he called Simon Peter. Um, when he called um, the disciples, they, I, I read when it comes to the account of Philip, they went, Peter went out looking for Philip and telling him that we have found the Messiah. And he points out he's in Nazareth. And we know the passage where uh, Nathaniel's a little uh, skittish about um, um, uh, Nazareth saying, can anything good come out of Nazareth? And when he came to Jesus, because remember, discipleship is a call to come and to see. And, 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 and so when he came, when he heard the call from the disciples, he came and, and he saw and Jesus um, 
uh, had given him the conversation that he had had with, with Peter about can anything good come out of Nazareth? And, and, and immediately the words from Christ pricked the heart of Nathaniel and he became a disciple. He heard something that he had never heard before and seen before because he heeded to the call. He came to for the call and he came to see. And what did he come to see? This is important. He came to see the Messiah. He came to see Jesus. He didn't come to see a performance. He didn't come to see an entertainment. He didn't come to see something that would just, you know, cause him to go into a mode of, 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 of non-thinking. But he came to engage in seeing and being with the Christ. So our traditions have gotten to where we come and we come as a checkoff in some places to say, I went to church, but are we coming to uh, answer the call? Are we coming to see what the spirit of the Lord will do through us? Are we, are we reminiscing from old because we've gotten to a place that we've gotten comfortable where we're not coming to, to see what God would do anymore? See, the call to discipleship is a great call of being committed to the work of Jesus Christ. It's a great call of commitment. It's a call to die to our own selves, our own uh, uh, our own desires outside of the things of God. And it's a call that each and every one of us must answer. Disciples are traditions. God is calling disciples. Jesus pointedly pointed out to the leadership of his day who stood in a place of in and of them of their own they thought they were superior they thought that because they could follow the law that they were better than others that they understood the law they were teachers of the law they were students of the law they were doers but Jesus was interrupting all of their traditions saying Basically, you've done these things, but, but God is after something deeper. He's after the heart and he wants the relationship. Jesus said expressly in the book of, of, of Mark chapter 7 verses 1 through 13. I want you to, to, to write that down because we're going we're gonna to read that. One thing I want to say as I was talking about the heart. The heart is the deepest level of our belief system, of our understanding. I'm not talking about the pump, but I'm talking about the spirit of a man. It is the deepest level of, of, of the disciple, and, and that's where transformation comes about. Programs do not make disciples. Religions do not make disciples. The place that you and I worship does not make disciples. But relationship with Christ and him alone and hearing him and obeying him and doing as he instructs is how we become stronger in our faith, in our relationship, 
It also allows us to submit more, to surrender more to the leading of the Holy Spirit. It builds our spiritual muscles. And as it builds our spiritual muscles, we are maturing spiritually. We are the disciples. We are the church. We're getting ready, spiritually ready for when he comes again. For when he comes for the church that will hear that he's coming. Well, you know, I, I, we, will, we, will, we will be prepared for when he's coming. God doesn't want to make converts out of us, but he wants us to be uh, com- converted into, um, into knowing the relationship of being true Christians, believers disciples let me tell you something about a convert a convert is someone who can change let's see they can change their mind after they hear information a convert they can change to serve a different function but they cannot produce long-term fruit because there's no internal confirmation. You can educate people into a system, even into a system of religion, and they can be a convert to that system of religion because real relationship with Christ has not taken root because that system that you taught them, someone else can teach them another system of religion And they can be a convert of another religion. So God is not looking for converts, but he's looking to make disciples out of us. So we will be learners of him and we will be able and we will not be deceived running to and fro by every wind of doctrine and falling for uh, false uh, teachings and running around for itchy ears, giving give me a word that 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 satisfies my flesh. But we know the word of God will will go down to the deep parts of us, to the root of us. Will will cause and cultivate change on the inside of us. So God is not looking to convert you through a religious system, which I'm ashamed to say many of the churches have offered religious systems. Because when you become a disciple, you cannot easily walk away from the teaching and the training that you are being spiritually bought, uh, uh, maturing into. It's not easy to walk. It's not, it's, it's, you can't walk away from, from spiritual training as easily as you can walk away from a building. So God does not want us to be conditioned by programs, religious system of religion, but God wants us to be rooted and deeply involves in allowing the Spirit of God on the inside of us to bring transformation to our heart. Education can never produce a disciple. It can never produce a disciple, but an education can convert a person who can buy into that system, just like I said, of what you're being taught, Scientology. You can buy into that system of, of what you're being taught. There are other religions that have systems of do's and, and don'ts, but, but thank God for the blood. Thank God for the blood. Thank God for faith being saved uh, by, by faith 
I thank God for being saved through grace and not of any works of our own. See, that is what learning discipleship is, where we don't have to do anything but receive it, take it by faith through grace. We are saved, not of any works of our own. We can't be converts today, but we have to be transformed. Many people have walked away from churches, even where the word of God is being preached, because they um, are mad with the religious systems. They're mad with the religious system. They go to one church, they leave that church because they're mad with the religious system. They come into your our church, and trust me, the one that comes, that all the ones in all the years we've been in ministry that have come into our church, mad at the system that they left when they came into Kingdom Harvest Ministry, they came with their own agenda of what they wanted to add to um to the to our to the worship at Kingdom Harvest Ministry and missed opportunities to be discipled into children and to saints of God because. You get they get caught up in a religious system of of do's and don'ts, but every time you hear the word of God, there is an anointing to equip you to get stronger into your relationship with God, and that's not done by mere man's power, but it's done by the power of God. So many people will will continue to be mad at religious systems and and be church hoppers and 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 feel like hey they've gone as far as they can here you know I, I I read this Bible and I I I don't understand how you can just get to a level this is just me this is my testimony and say hey this is as far as I can go I got to go somewhere else but you know what it takes when you don't get dull on the inside you got to dig in for yourself when you just wait for someone to just give you what they had, what they heard, here's what the testimony should be. You know, the Lord spoke the same thing to me. I've been hearing the same thing. This is confirmation. This is a confirmation you get when you take time and you spend time in the word of God, allow the Holy Spirit to lead you into the truth of God. See, this is discipleship, but not tradition. Tradition in a lot of places People have put all the all the uh, cans and cannots on the pastors. Pastor, can I do this? Pastor, can I do that? But Jesus opened up a doorway to you going to access the Father independently, individually, because of Christ. And we put too much burdens on the pastor when we don't take time as knowing that we are called to be disciples and learners of Christ and take time and get in the word and trust the anointing of God in our own lives to teach us his truth. I have so many parts of this teaching that I can't give it to you all in one setting. I don't want to shortchange you with this, but I want to show you how every disciple has a spiritual gift in them to serve with. And it's in the scripture. It's in the word of God. But first, I want you to be convinced today that you have been called to be a disciple. You have been called not to be a pew seater, a, a, a pew um, sitter to sit around and to watch others do great things for God, but you've been called to be a disciple. You've sat under the word for a long time. You are a, 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 a reproducer 
producer. You are one of, that's full of faith. And, and you've been called to be disciple, not traditionalized. I know this, this Resurrection Sunday has broken the bow, the B-O-W, the bow, I mean to say the bow of many who have set up religious systems just to fill the church with. Setting up religious systems, great entertainment. You know, everybody come to focus on this one person. But God, Jesus came to focus on all of us. So no matter what size your congregation is, Jesus came to focus on all of us. And so when you hear the word, hear it like it's your, your life sustainer because it is what sustains you. It is what draws you closer to God. Jesus said, make disciples, not religious systems, not gimmicks to draw people in to the church. Let's go to Matthew. Matthew, I'm sorry, Mark chapter 12. Because let me tell you about religious gimmicks. They get old. They get dull. They lose their substance. They don't keep the people, they don't keep the people uh, entertained. But let me tell you about the life-giving power of the word. It never loses its power. It's a river that keeps flowing. And when you take on it, and when you eat on it, and when you partake of it, the word declares out of your belly will flow rivers of living water. It never dies out. It never dries out. Sometimes you get tired of hearing one worshiper, you get a favorite this month, you get a favorite that one next month, but it's not that way with the word of God. It's not that way when you know that you are a disciple, that you are a learned one, that you're sitting, you're sitting and you're eating. And every time the word of God is being proclaimed, you're growing, you're growing unaware that you're, you're growing. And, and, and what happens is, you know, your, your behavior starts changing and, and you look back at your old self and, and, and the people who, who keep seeing you in your old self, you start responding a little different. And then you don't even realize, but this is what happened when you eat the word of God. It brings about sometimes drastic changes and sometimes subtle changes. Nevertheless, it brings about change. And that's what we all need. We all need to be changed. I don't know about you. I I could I continue to lift my hands, both hand, both hands, in total surrender, so that the word of God can continue to change me. And when you have relationship with God, and you get in these little moments that you know you you you, you forgot to bind the enemy of your mind, you forgot to to bind down. Uh, to bind down the imagination and the thought and the intent that lifted itself up above the, above the knowledge of God. You know, you, you, you kind of veer off a little bit. And, and you get caught up in your fears. And, and you get caught up in your thoughts. And you get caught up in your feelings. But because you are a disciple, 
and you've committed to trust God, to, to allow the spirit of God to lead you. you. You're committed to the call. You came and you saw and, and, and you said, God, I'll follow. You know, I'm not perfect, but I know you're perfect to me. And, and, and when you, when you get a little off track, because you are a disciple, when, when you go back to that Bible that same day and, and, and you happen to read a scripture and you think you're reading about something, God will give you an answer that, uh, that he'll give you the word, the encouragement, the instruction that you've been mulling over that entire day so that you can go to bed resting and trusting him as the Lord of our lives. Let's go to Mark 7. Mark chapter 7. I don't want to hurry through this. I'm not a serious person, but I want to give you this in stages. I don't want to just jump to the end so you can, you can miss it because it's, it's, it's discipleship or tradition. You choose. It's your choice. It's discipleship or the tradition of man. So we see in Mark 7, I want to show you the scriptures that I read to you earlier about Jesus confronting and discussing with the Pharisees and the scribes, you know, the elite of the elite, you know, the ones that, that, that you know, if they, they, they show up in the room, you, you, you want to give them the, the best tables. But, you know, the Lord addressed that too. He said, you know what? He's not a respecter of persons, nor are we a respecter of persons. And Jesus came to put them all, just like he placed all of us, on an equal playing field. God is not a respecter of persons. But let's go and let's look at this tradition thing right here. Because we got to look at this tradition. We got to look at the regulations of man and the, and the traditions of man and how they've made the word of God of no effect. And the word of God is powerful. The inner tradition. It is now. It was yesterday. It will be forever. The word of God is life changing and the disciples can bring about to bring can bring about these changes in and of our own lives. Mark 7, 1, chapter, verse 1. Now the Pharisees and some of the scribes that came from Jerusalem and they gathered around him, talking about Jesus. And they had seen that some of his disciples, now remember, these are the ones that Jesus called, came, and they came and they saw. And, 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 and let me tell you about when, when I said commitment. Some left their fishing boats. Some left their dads. Uh, they, they just left everything to follow. See, a commitment is not, I'm with you today as long as everything's going good. But commitment is, I'm with you through the thick. I'm with you through the thin. And see, that's how it is with God. Every day won't be rosy. Every day you won't feel good. Every day won't be sunshine. But he's committed to you and you're committed to him. And you are never alone even when you're going through these things. Because there's a commitment that comes when you answer the call. And you come and you see. And you get a greater commitment to him, to his word, to the finished work of the cross. On this resurrected Sunday, I am so glad I don't get to see children chase Easter eggs today. I am so glad I don't get to see the little cute little suits today. 
I am so glad that God is awakening the church to what really matters. The first thing being the first thing. Let's look at here. So we got these ceremoni ceremoniously clean Pharisees, ceremoniously clean scribes, these elite teachers, learners of a, a system that Jesus came to fulfill. So he begins to bring, uh, to, to, to hear the words from, the, from them. Verse 2 said, and they had seen some of the disciples, um, um, that some of his disciples ate their bread with ceremonially impure hands, that is unwashed and undefiled according to what? The Jewish religious rituals. The, witch, the rituals said your hands are clean because you're following what we wrote down here and what we told you here. And externally, we can see your hands are clean. Externally, I see you following the ritual. Externally, outside, outside. I can see you following this. For the Pharisees and all of the Jews do not eat unless they carefully wash their hands, holding firmly to, their, to, to the traditions of the elder. So yeah, outside I can see you're following the things of, 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 of the law. Outside. Outside I see you're dressed to look like you're a Christian. Outside I see you look all ceremonially clean. Somebody say outside. And when they came from the marketplace, they do not eat unless they cleanse themselves completely according to their ritual. That's what the scribes and the Pharisees do. They got to do the external cleansing. And there are many other oral man-made laws and traditions handed down to them, which they follow diligently, such as the washing of cups and pitchers and copper utensils, all external, all for the show of man, all to show that this is you are by your outward, your outward acts, your outward acts. So the Pharisees and the scribes, they come to Jesus. They ask Jesus, why do your disciples not live their lives according to the traditions of the elders? But instead, eat their bread with ceremonially unwashed hands. He replied, rightly did Isaiah prophesy that you hypocrites, the Amplifier says, play actors, pretenders, as it is written in scripture. So you, we, we, you come out with everything in place, looking like you got it all together. And what's happening is the, the, the wolf, the wolf in the sheep clothing, fleecing the people, fleecing the churches, teaching them 10 steps and how to look religious, 
teaching them 10 steps on how to attain righteousness. There's no such thing as that. It's by faith in Christ, teaching them 10 steps to look prosperous and forgetting about the sacrifice of the Lamb of God who died for all. See, we are all caught up in the glimmer and the glam of the building, of the outward show. But Christ is bringing about a change through discipleship from the inward man. So Jesus says, yeah, Isaiah prophesied about you. This is what he says. The people honor me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. They worship me in vain. Their, their worship in meaningless and worthless and pretense. Don't we see that? Who's got the best camera show, camera show? Who's got the best lighting? Who's got the best producers, audio tape? Who's got the best looking building? Who's got the best? Who can, who can hoop and holler the, the loudest and, and get everybody standing? But how many disciples are being made? See, when you go through things, and brother and sister of the Lord, we are going to go through things. These are going to be trying times. These are going to be times of testing. And your relationship with God, your relationship with the Father, your relationship with, with the Spirit of God and the, and the Son of God is what's going to keep you in these trying times. Not the building. Not mama, not daddy, not big mama, not auntie, but your relationship. So you must be disciple into a learner of Christ to know him. To know him. Oh God. Jesus is calling out. He said it's time out for the outward fake worship pretense looking like you got it together. But it's time to be broken. It's time to be broken. That pride spirit, broken. That hurt, for, uh, unforgiveness, broken. And it's time to turn our hearts back to trusting Jesus and relying on him. And no matter what the circumstance is, believe him. Believe him. Jesus said this, teaching the precepts of men as doctrines, giving their traditional equal weight with the scripture. You see what's happening today? We're giving the traditions of men the equal weight of the scripture. And the tradition of man has no position with scripture. The traditions of man will fail you every time. Disciples are tradition. What do you want? What are you seeking? What are you after? Traditions are discipleship. Jesus keeps on. He's saying this to us today. You disregard, you neglect, the commandments of God. You cling faithfully 
to your to, to the traditions of men. He was also saying to them, you are experts at setting aside and nullifying the commandment of God in order to keep your man-made traditions and regulations. And that's what we do. All this you see on TV was more about, this is what we usually do on Easter. How are we going to check off our list this Sunday if we don't put the eggs out for the children? If we don't go into this grand cathedral and let the, let the, 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 the Father bless us? If, if we don't go in, 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 into this place of worship and do the last words of Christ? If we don't go and take, come on. The traditions. But being a disciple. In your heart. The fact that we're not able to go. Out of tradition in the same place this day. Does not negate. Take away the blood. The blood hasn't lost his power. The blood hasn't lost his power. The resurrection power. That's on the inside of us is still alive. But we'll put all that aside. Because we didn't get to do our natural, normal thing. Jesus says, verse 10, for Moses, for Moses, honor your father. For Moses said, honor your father and your mother with respect and gratitude. And he who speaks evil of his father or mother must be put to death. But you Pharisees, scribes, say, if a man tells his father or mother, whatever I have that would go to Corbin, and, and, and that, that means that's a gift to God. Then you no longer let him do anything for his father or, his, or for his mother, since helping them will violate the vow or the cor of the of the Corbin. So you nullify the authority of the word of God, acting as if you if it did not apply because of your traditions, which you have handed down. Through the elders, that means great-grandma and them handed the grandma and them, who handed the mom and them, who handed to me, who handed to my children, who handed it to their children, and we all go to this place of worship because the name's on the pew of my great-great-grandpappy, and I got centuries of generations of people in the graveyard, and this why we go there, and... But are you being discipled or is it tradition? If you're being discipled, stay there. Stay where you're learning more of Christ. Where you're taking more of Christ. Where his word is being handed down to you. And after he called the people to him again, verse 14, he began to say to them, listen carefully to me, all of you. Hear and understand what I am saying. This is what he's saying, church. Verse 15. There is nothing outside a man. Such as food 
which by going in him can defile him morally or spiritually. But the things which come out of the heart, a man, the heart of a man is what defiles and dishonor him. So he's saying, yo, yo, he said, you, it's not what goes in, but it's what comes out. See, what comes out of a heart that has not been cultivated by the love of God is lust of the eye, lust of the flesh, pride of life, selfishness, unrepentant heart. That's what comes out when you don't allow and accept the call to discipleship. You go into tradition. There are people that are working inside of churches, not because they're being discipled, but because, oh, they love a certain particular thing that goes on there. But let me say, when that thing stops going on and, and you easily move, are you in tradition or are you being discipled there? See, God gave the fivefold ministry for the perfecting of the saints, for unity, for building, for, for growth, for maturing us through discipleship. Programs get old, but the word never fails. The word never fails. Go with me to one more scripture I want to show you on this tradition. And, and I had read this tradition, this uh, scripture so many times. And in this study, as God is just preparing our hearts, I had never seen this before. I want you to go to Matthew 11. Somebody said, because God is adding to us. God is adding to us. That's what true discipleship is. It keeps adding to you. It's not a failure you didn't see it the first time. But it would be a shame if you didn't keep on going in and, and to see what he would say to you this day on that scripture that you're familiar with. Somebody say hallelujah. Hallelujah. Go with me to Matthew chapter 11. Matthew chapter 11. I want you to look at verse 28. And this is what Jesus says. And I'm reading out of the Amplified. I'm getting ready to close part one of this in about four minutes. But I will be coming to you on part two of this. I want to close with this. Jesus said this. Come to me. This is verse 28, Matthew 11. You who are weary and heavily burdened by religious rituals that provided no peace. And I will give you rest, refreshing your souls with salvation. I got to read that again. Come to me, all who are weary and heavy, heavily burdened by religious rituals 
that provide no peace. And I will give you rest, refreshing your souls, your souls with salvation. Verse 29, take my yoke upon you and learn from me. Follow me as my disciple, for I am gentle and humble of heart. See, a disciple doesn't have a calloused heart. Because as he is gentle and humble of heart, so is a disciple. And the, and the verses continue. <clears throat> and you will find rest, renewal, blessed quietness for your souls. You know that soul, that, that, that area of the playground where the, where the enemy keeps you in turmoil and unrest and anxiety because you've not entered into your discipleship relationship where he can give you rest for that soul. When the enemy tells you you're going to die, you will, you will declare, I will not die, but I will live and declare the glory of the Lord that with long life, he will satisfy me. So when your soul is not anchored in the Lord, the enemy has can come in and throw words at you contrary to the word but as a disciple you charge back with what Christ says in his word he says I'll give you rest for your soul for my yoke is easy it's easy to bear and my burden is light so I want to invite you right now for refreshing to come to Jesus all of you who are weary, heavily burdened by religious rituals that provide no peace, come to Jesus so you can have rest for your souls, for your continuous deliverance <laughs> as he has saved us. But our minds are being continually renewed. So I want to invite you right now. If you've not made Jesus the Lord of your life, I want you to just say with me, Lord Jesus, I repent of my sins. I invite you into my life. I believe that you are the son of the living God, that you died and you were resurrected. I surrender my life to you to this day. I came and I see that there is no one that can offer peace. There's no thing that can offer peace to my weary soul. So Lord God, I surrender my life to you today. It's in the matchless name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior. I want to thank you for your time today. I want to thank you for your devotion today to the word. I want to ask you to continue into this word. I am Apostle Stephanie McLeod of Kingdom Harvest Worship Center. We are located in Aiken, South Carolina, beautiful Aiken, at 1054 Reynolds Pond Road, where lives are being changed one heart at a time. True transformation is happening at Kingdom Harvest Worship Center from the inside out.
I want to thank you all and, and invite you to look out for the next podcast on disciples and tradition. God bless.
Good morning. Good morning. Let me give it a few minutes for some people to get on before we go live with our worship service today. Good morning. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Bless the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. He's worthy. He's worthy. Hallelujah. We thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. still playing. Almost there. Good morning. Little shenanigans before we get started. Good morning. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. If you want to share this live broadcast, I think you should be able to. I don't know, we could try it, maybe create a watch party so we can get some viewers on this morning. Hallelujah. Bless the name of the Lord, hallelujah. Glory to God. Amen. Hallelujah, good morning, Miss Bertha. I'm glad you're watching this morning. Hallelujah. Wish the wake up crew this morning. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. All righty. All right. We're going to go ahead and get started this morning. Hallelujah. Well, I am Apostle Stephanie McLeod. And I am coming to you from Kingdom Harvest Worship Center. And we are located at 1054 Reynolds Pond Road in Aiken, South Carolina, where the senior pastor is Calvin McLeod Sr. And I will bringing, be bringing part two of a word that I uh, brought to uh, Kingdom Harvest Worship Center last week on our podcast. And the, it is entitled Disciples and Tradition. Disciples and Tradition. And um, I pray everyone is well, um, that we're taking this time of uh, quarantine to self-reflect and allow the Spirit of the Lord to just speak to our hearts and give us guidance, because as we come from under the, the shelter in place, um, I believe that God is going to give us some, some specific instructions for our lives. I don't think anybody's life is going to be the same after this, I think that I pray that our ears will be keener to hear what the Spirit of the Lord is saying to all of us because God is uh, still on the throne and um, there's a plan and a purpose for all of our lives. 
And we have to be about our Father's business. We have to be focused, Christ-centered focused, and allowing the Spirit of God to lead us. And so um, I've already prayed, but I'm, I just welcome you to pray at where you are. And I want to go ahead and, and open with um, well, the topic, I mean, with the chapter we opened with last week. And that is Matthew 28. And, and I want to read uh, the, the Great Commission, the last words that Jesus gave, one of the last words, instructions that Jesus gave to his disciples. Um, as he was getting ready to ascend to heaven. Um, I believe that this was so important to the Lord uh, that needed to be said to the, uh, the disciples um, uh, upon his departure and that these are still living words that should be um, on our hearts and are in the front of our minds even today, 2,000 years later. Um, Matthew 28 verse 16 if you have your Bibles go there with me Matthew 28 uh, verse 16 and I want to read as Jesus uh, gave instructions that we are today to continue to follow so Jesus said um, and now the verse 16 and now the 11 disciples went to Galilee to the mountain which Jesus had designated so here we see that Jesus had given them instructions on what he wanted them to, where he wanted them to come. Um, and when they saw him, they worshiped him, but some doubted that it was really he. Jesus came up and said to them, all authority, all power of absolute, that means everything, rule, in heaven and in, on earth, has been given to me all power absolute power has been given to jesus absolute power in heaven and on the earth it's given to jesus christ our lord and then he gives them the command go therefore and make disciples of all nations help the people to learn of me believe in me obey my words Baptizing them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Teaching them to observe everything. Teaching them to observe everything that I command you. And lo, I am with you always, remaining with you perpetually, regardless of circumstances, and on every occasion, even to the end of ages. So he's saying to them, and telling them that he is with them, he's going to abide with them, that we are to be instructed to follow the course for our lives that he has predestined for us always. So Jesus said to the disciples, he said, go to all the nations. He says, make uh, more disciples. He says, teach teach them of him to learn of him and he says baptize in the name of the father in the name of the son in the name of the holy spirit so these are important instructions for expanding the kingdom of god the kingdom of god has to be expanded and god uses um his disciples his fivefold ministry to advance the kingdom message um 
it it can be uh, the appearance is that sometimes we can complicate the gospel adding to and the word of God tells us to never add to but I always want to go back and say and see what and listen to what Jesus said because a lot of times the enemy will get us sidetracked and then we'll veer off trying to do other things for God but but Jesus said go make disciples baptize teaching them teaching them of him learning of Christ I, I spoke with you about I think two three weeks ago about uh, how important it is to know Christ and to learn of Christ because we were all born into sin and shaped into iniquities from our mother's womb um, many times the Word of God tells us about the condition of our heart that is depraved and that it's wicked um, that you know it, it knows uh, self selfishness um, it knows lust of the flesh lust of the eye and the pride of life and so Jesus um, upon his ascension to heaven he said to the disciples make disciples other disciples and have them learn of me and and then as we're learning on him we put him on and then we because he abides in us and, and and we are in him and as we put on him the conditions of our heart begins to change and uh, as I said with you to you previously this doesn't happen overnight and and how can we um, get back to to the main thing um, that that was so important the, the some the last words that Jesus said to his, to his disciples was go and make others go bring others and teach them of me so that they can learn of me so it's very important that we follow the instructions of the Lord um, we have gotten very busy um, in in our in our in our churches um, where sometimes we can you know get into formats and routines and that's why I'm, I'm titling this teaching uh, disciples uh, and traditions because a lot of times many of us have lived uh, have you know go to church on Sundays and our Wednesday Bible studies or whatever night you have them and we get to a place because of the busyness and the hurriness of life where we're checking off our list well I did that I did that but when we go into these places of worship we're going into this places of worship to learn of Christ we're going into this place of worship to be servants for Christ to be servants and, and love our other our brothers and sisters in the Lord and it's not to be uh, in uh, uh, inoculated as um, you know a uh, uh, you know uh, put ourselves in a pattern outside of what Jesus wants to do in our lives so what happens is we, we can get in a routine and allow tradition to come in where the Word of God doesn't take root in our hearts so it can bring about transformation. When the Lord says to the disciples, uh, he said, teach us up. He's talking about helping bring past transformation, bring about a transformation in our lives because we have to be transformed. We have to change from our old selves to our new selves. And our new selves is Christ's nature. It's like Christ. It is not like, you know, you know I, I hear a lot of people say, well, you know, God, no, I'm still struggling with this. But the moment we surrender with whatever this is and, and confess that to the Lord and allow the Holy Spirit to soften us, our hearts in that place, we can overcome whatever that thing is that we, we freely confess that we're struggling with. And I believe that we struggle because we, um, you know, no one wants to be um, 
no one wants to be vulnerable and um, show their weaknesses on their sleeves. And so what happens is in that, in that trying to uh, self-persevere, you know, protect myself, we, we take uh, the, the Lord out of the equation from, uh, from being our protector because he is Jehovah. He is our banner. Um, he's the one that fights for us. Um, he's Jehovah Nisa. He's the one that fights for us. And he's the one that um, protects us in all things. So as we uh, learn of him and we learn that he is our protector, he's the place that we run to for shelter, then we begin to surrender and trust him and confess his word for whatever circumstance that we're in. Because in, in uh, Matthew 28, Jesus told the disciples, he said, no, whatever circumstance you're in, he says, I am going to be with you. And that is the same for us, whatever circumstance that we're in, and we find ourselves in many circumstances, we have to take comfort in the word of God and let it be rooted in our hearts to know that uh, he is with us. He is with us. He will never leave us and he will never forsake us. So one thing I want to say about disciples, one of the one of the commissions of a disciple is that disciples make other disciples. Disciples make other disciples. It's not up for the pastors. And I know we've been trained for a long time to say, bring them to the church and the pastor get them saved. No, disciples make other disciples. They're not through your words. Um, only, but also your actions, because people are watching you. Because a lot of times, you know, when we we let people know that we're Christians, they'll try to look for faults. They'll try to look for an opportunity for you to see you fail. Um, but that doesn't mean that you won't have some 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 days where, you know, where we we miss the mark. But thank God for um, for the for the confession of sins and for a forgiving, loving God that we have. Amen. So what happens is, as I'm a disciple, um, I am to go make other disciples, not by just uh, saying come to Jesus, but being a demonstrator of how Jesus has come into our hearts and changed our lives. Um, there are some things that I can testify of my, um, you know, I've been saved for let's see since oh my god um i think it's been about almost 30 years and i can uh recount things in my life prior to my salvation that i had no tolerance for i had not even an inkling i wasn't i wasn't moving an inch um if, if you came at me i was coming back at you um i was coming back at you the way you came at me but once I um, uh, allow uh, the Lord to start, you know, just leading me and being uh, Christ-centered and Christ-focused and allowing the word to take uh, root in my heart, you know, there are things now that, you know, you can't and that I can't do that I, that I used to do um, where I was in a position where I was myself, I was my own defender. I was my own protector. In my mind, I was. I was the only one that was going to look out for me. I was the only one that knew how to take care of me. In my mind, in my old condition, that's the way I lived. And I did not, um, uh, and I did not allow the Spirit of God to, um, to, to reveal to me how he was my protector. But when he called me into, uh, into uh, 
fellowship with him. I, and I confess Jesus as Lord and my Savior and, and studying the word. Guess what happened? I began to see myself in a different light and I began to see him in a different light. He became my protector. He became my shield. He became my butler. He came, He became everything I needed him to be so that even through circumstances, you know, I fear not, you fear not, because we know that he is with us in his rod and his staff and, and that he continues to, to protect us. And so when we go into our houses of faith and we go into our houses of worship, What's supposed to be happening to each and every one of us is that we're supposed to mature into our discipleship that when circumstances happen, our lives and our actions are different today than when they were before we believed on Jesus Christ. Um, we are also supposed to go and call others into this um, discipleship as well and to teach and to train. And um, I'm sure many the ones of you that are online right now, we have our own testimonies on, on how we know that we've we've struggled um outside of our faith and now that we have our faith we and even the hard times that we go through we 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 celebrate we celebrate even which is only a god thing um why you're going through um we have our hope and our hope is in jesus our hope is in christ um our hope is in his love our hope is in his resurrection power and um you know, going back to discipleship, discipleships are learned ones. Um, we can't, we can't, I talked about last week how, you know, we're not uh, converts, but we have been transformed. That word has taken root in our lives and it has brought about a, a different relationship with Christ now. You and I all have different relationships with Christ where it, it, it doesn't look the same, it doesn't sound the same. Um, one of the things that we um we all struggle with is you know uh, shame and some unforgiveness and some you know again self-preservation but as we take on Christ and we learn um, allow the Spirit of the Lord to teach us how to follow him these things begin to start coming off of us peeling off of us um, and in our and one of the things that the enemy likes to do to um, to cause uh, us to feel weak by some of the things that we have gone through in life that hasn't they, they may have embarrassed us in the past uh, may have caused shame in our lives um, one of the scriptures I remember studying years ago where the Bible talks about Adam and Eve the word of the Lord says that Adam and Eve was naked but they were not ashamed um, and then immediately after the fall of Adam and Eve the word of the Lord says that they took a fig leaf and they hid themselves because they became ashamed. So what that shows us is the enemy will cause uh, our, our bring about some things in our lives uh, like shame that we don't want to confess um, those things. Don't tell anybody about some horrific things that we've gone through because, you know, we are always trying to put on that everything's all right face, but everything's not always all right. There are some hurtful things that have happened to many of us in our lives and we've we've uh, sheltered and we've covered it um, we didn't want other people to know about it so we, we, we protected the person who did it to us um, we we allowed um, anger to build up in us we allowed bitterness to build up in us we allowed unforgiveness to build up in us 
and this has been growing and taking root in us for a lot of years and um, when we come to Christ and we come into the to the fellowship with other believers and we allow the word to take root in our lives you know the, the unexplainable things happen where that shame that once covered that that horrific that tragic event in your life no longer um, takes root in your life and you begin to testify about what happened so what happens is that the spirit of the lord begins to start healing us he starts healing us and this comes through discipleship he starts healing the hurts he starts healing the disappointments he takes away the shame he takes away the self-blame this comes through discipleship because what god does um, through his word through the Holy Spirit is he begins to start teaching us of his love. That's why we have to learn of Christ. When we learn of Christ, we can see the love of God for the Lord sent Christ into the world because he so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him will, will not perish but have everlasting life. So as we continue to grow and be discipled in Christ, all these old horrific um, stones that we've carried in our lives the Lord began to start lightening our, 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 our luggage, our baggage. And then he put other uh, saints around us that we, 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 I call it living life together. We live life together. We, we, we rejoice with each other. We cry with each other. We celebrate with each other. You know, it's not a competition thing, but it's living godly life together. When, when, when they win, when, when, they, when something terrific happens in their life, we're celebrating with them. When something um, that, that's not so terrific, you know, we're, we're, we're with them at any time. And that's what true discipleship is. And then we have a, a powerful women group that when we get together, there are some things that the Spirit of the Lord allows to, um, to, to, just, uh, to just come up. And, and, and again, we like to tell ourselves that the image that we are portraying of ourselves, you know, that we believe about ourselves, we, we try to convince other people to believe, hey, we got it all together. But one thing that happens in our relationship with the Lord is he begins to break us. He begins to break us from this place of self-preservation where we're trying to continue to be our own protector because those that were assigned to protect us in our life, at some point, they were not there through these circumstances that came in. And so that made us feel very vulnerable and that made us also feel that, okay, now I got to be the one to protect myself. I got to be the one to make sure that this doesn't happen. And again, what that does is it, it, in some cases, not all cases, it, it can harden us. It can harden our hearts. It can um, prevent us to from learning like we're supposed to know Christ and know him in his uh, crucifixion, know him crucified, know him risen, know the love of God. And what happens, there's a, a callous that comes on our heart. <clears throat> now, as Christians, we want to say, oh, I don't have a callous heart. There are some things that are still stony and hard and we've not totally released yet. But the moment you release them, the, the power of the Holy Spirit can come in and begin to heal. And um, I did call one of our members. We had our, um, our, our we, we're discussing in our Bible study, we're discussing Eve. We're discussing um, the characteristics of Eve, some of the things that we see in the word that, you know, that she struggled with and we recognize that we struggle with today. 
So what we want to do as women of God is that we want to expose that. We want to expose those vulnerable areas in our lives. We want to expose those hurtful areas in our lives. We want to expose those areas in our lives that we've not allowed the Spirit of God to heal in His Word. So with us being trained as disciples, God has connected us with some powerful women of God who don't, admire, don't mind exposing what the enemy has told us all of our lives was shameful. But it's not shameful when someone has taken advantage of you and has misused you or rejected you. But the enemy put that shame on us. And I want to encourage women of God to begin to share. Because when you begin to share some of the things, the hurtful things that have happened to you, it begins to liberate you from the, the secrecy of it. Because the secrecy of it is what causes shame. So on our, uh, our group meeting this uh, past week, um, again, I have permission to share this. I won't share names, but one of the sisters on the uh, video chat, she was very uh, bold to share with us and her daughters as well so that this doesn't happen to her next generation, that there was a close family friend who, uh, because of his uh, perverted upbringing and how I, I, my only assumption is he was taught not to respect women. So what he did with her as a young girl was that he raped her several times um, and felt like that they had a relationship in him forcing himself on her. And years had passed um, into an, an adulthood where she was a, a, a kid when this was happening and now she's in her adulthood and this was something that she had never shared with anyone because one of the one of the tricks of the enemy is to have all of us to hide um, those horrific things and be in shame about them, try to protect the person who did it. And, and it just it, it alters our lives in ways that I don't think we really fully know how it's altered and shaped our behavior. But um, when she shared that with us. It really, from all the from the other women that were on the uh, video chat, it broke something in a lot of, of the women because this is a common thing. Unfortunately, I, I don't like using the word common, but it is it happens in um, in the in the black culture where you have a lot of rape and a lot of incest and a lot of you know family secrets that that people don't want to talk about, you know, I'm not saying, you know, I'm saying you get healed from it. You, you get and get to a place where you yourself get healed because God can't move on your heart. If you never allow him to move in your heart for those, with those events that happen in your life and we never give light to it. So when you bring light to it, that allows the Holy Spirit to come in and begin to heal your heart and help you to forgive. And the amazing thing about this testimony that just really, you know, it when I heard this woman of God share this testimony, after hiding it for what I would gather would be, you know, maybe 35, 40 years of her life. I'm not sure how long it was. I, I forgot to ask. But she got the boldness to confront her attacker. And when she told him, she testified how she became liberated by that, how she got free from, from sharing her testimony. And then 
the the person uh claim act you know as if they didn't understand what rape was even in their youth obviously whenever someone comes on you forcefully against your will when you tell them no that's rape you know and so when she had that conversation with him and look at god it was just very recent and the the amazing thing for me as a, the lord has been leading me to study discipleship when i heard after she finished confronting this attacker she began to immediately be concerned about his soul she asked him have you given your life to Christ have you asked for forgiveness for what you've done I'm telling you as I said share with you earlier the old me couldn't have done that there is nothing in us that can bring about this healing or this compassion for others even others who abused us rejected us neglected us and discipleship, what it does is it allows God to start, the Spirit of God to start moving in your heart and to remove all of the um, calluses, the things that we've allowed to build up. Because again, we, we have this outward image that we try to project for people. But how many of you know that God is concerned with the inner man? He's concerned with the inner man. You have to be transformed from the inside out. The outward man will will rust and 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 you know decay, but God wants the inner man, your soul, your mind, your heart. He wants it to be renewed. He wants us as women of God to not continue to feel like, okay, I got this, I got this. You know, put that strong shoulder up. Like, yeah, no, we we don't have it all, but God has it all. It's okay to be vulnerable. It's okay to, you know, and, and, and for the, you know, in our discussion, we're trying to understand and we're, we're, we're praying, you know, why does that? And this, this is all spirit. This is what I share with them. Why does it bring shame to me? Because someone took advantage of me. It should not bring shame. That's the enemy. And he uses it, as, uses it as a tool to harden us so that we can't freely love the way God wants us to love. Because God made us as women to be very compassionate. We are very caring. We are very nurturing. That we, That's who we are. We are givers. And, and when we don't fully allow the Spirit of God to come in and bring healing, you know, we, we do like the world. We, we have conditions that we can't freely love with all of our hearts. We can't freely give with all of our hearts. You know, we, we are, we're suspect of everyone because we have had these stories that have bought, you know, hurt, shame, rejection, a whole lot of other things that only discipling, learning of Christ, knowing Christ can heal us from. Um, we can't do this in and of ourselves. You know, I've shared with many of you my testimony, um, you know, as discipleship. I can only testify about what God has done in my life. I had a lot of uh, hurt in my life. I had a lot of pain and rejection um, from, you know, uh, my father and abandonment of my family and, and how it impacted me. And when God called me into ministry, I can never forget this. Um, I, was, I was in my early 20s. 
And I, the Lord had caused me to just to love him. I gave my life to the Lord. And, you know, sometimes we think, oh, I'm getting ready, getting ready to do some great things for God. Because, you know, I, I went through this and I'm going to share this. But you know what, God, the first thing he dealt with me um, on, and I didn't understand it way back in my 20s. He said, go and find your father. He said, go and get to know your father. And I know this wasn't something that was in my mind to do because I had already written him off and everybody that knows me knew that that was the case. But because God had, had I, I had surrendered my life to the Lord and the leading of the Lord, I was in the Word studying the, 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 about the things of God. He told me to learn of His love. And, you know, I intellectually tried intellectually tried to learn and I found out that that's just not what it was he was telling me to do because if I had tried to do this intellectually I had, would have never gotten to a place of forgiveness in my heart um, to release my dad to love my dad for who he was I would have never gotten to that place without the being discipled of in Christ you know when I think when we think about Christ Christ took on the most excruciating humiliating death that was at that time that could be done being crucified on a tree was the most humiliating um painful um it, it was the lower of lower kinds of death and i look and i see what jesus took on so that all those things that the enemy has bought in our lives through hurt rejection pain all those things those calluses so that when we learn of christ that we can put off those things because if Jesus can lay his life down so that um, that we can come back to the Father, I want and you should want all the benefits that God has for us. Um, I don't, if he died and he did die to make us free, then I want to be free. I don't want to hold on to nothing in my past that hinders me from loving in my future. I don't want to hold on. You don't want to hold on through to anything that keeps us from being, you know, when we wake up in the morning, you know, you know, don't think on the old things. Think on the new things because when you're in Christ, all things have been made new. We are new in him today. We can't undo what was done, but we can partake of what is, is done now that we are seated in Christ Jesus in heavenly places far above all the hurts and pains and disappointment that he wants to heal us from. See, Jesus, he had outstretched arms. For the, the, His discipleship looks like outstretched arms. All are welcome. No matter what you've gone through in life, no matter who's done what to you, his outstretched arms are there to heal you. His outstretched arms are there to comfort you. His outstretched arms are there to just make you whole again. So that you look unto him. The word of the Lord says that Jesus is the author. That means and the finisher of our uh, of our faith. That means he that means he began this, he's, he began writing this story for us. Many of us don't like the way this story started, but he's also the finisher. He's the author and the finisher. And I'm telling you that finishing in Christ is amazing because only the love of God can cause you to outstretch to reach your arms and 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 talk to someone who has abused you raped you um uh, this, this uh tried to bring 
all these hurtful things to you and you are concerned about their soul salvation. That's what discipleship does. It helps you lay aside all the heavy weight and the burdens that the enemy placed on your life. And it helps you to release and forgive and to love like Christ. And then, only then, can you be concerned about the salvation of others. It's about relationship. It's about relationship. Many of us have started this journey. Um, again, like I know I was four years old when I remember hearing the, the uh, you know, I, I, me and my sister talk. But I, I tell her today that, um, you know, this is, this is, you know, my, what the Lord gave me the day that, you know, um, our father left us, that there were seven doors that slammed. Um, there was, there were six siblings and then there was my mother. This impacted us in such tremendous ways that, that we, we, we resided in the same house, but everyone took on their own battles from this. Everyone took on their own, um, you know, we were in survival mode. Um, we took on our own survival modes and this is what we need to do so we could take care of ourselves day by day. And, you know, for me, it was like when I get grown, you know, I'm going to make sure I get my, you know, this was my, this was me to make sure I didn't, I didn't struggle, didn't have my kids knowing poverty. Okay. I'm going to do X, Y, Z. I'm, and, 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 and all things work together for the good for them that love the Lord, that are called according to his purpose. And so I, I did those things thinking that I was self preservation. You know, I'm, I, I need to do this. And then the Lord helped me out one day. He helped me to know that he had always been with us. He had always been with me. Um, he'd been with me in my youth. He'd been with me, you know, as my, even, you know, in every situation that I've been, been in. And then what that does is it helps you to, to continue to surrender, um, and continue to, to trust God and continue to put yourself out there again, even though every time we put ourselves out there again, we're going to be hurt some more. We're going to be disappointed some more. We're going to be lied on some more. We're going to go through some things. But when you've been disciple, you count it as that's nothing. I, I, I read the passage in um, Philippians this morning about Paul. And Paul was so uh, zealous for God, and he was one who had learned of God. He went to, he was a Pharisee, he was a Hebrew of Hebrews. He had all his act together, and he was doing everything for God. He had a zeal for God, but not a according to knowledge, spiritual knowledge. He had, he had head knowledge. But when, when Christ, um, had revealed himself to him on that Damascus road. When he had that relationship with Christ, Paul looks back at his past actions, his former deeds, and he counted it as nothing. He counted everything he learned from his intellect side, everything that he did, he counted it all, all dumb because he knew through discipleship that the relationship with Christ was worth more than anything that he can do in and of himself. Because in and of himself, we can do nothing. But the scriptures and the word tells us, and we've all experienced in our lives, we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. 
He strengthens us. He strengthens us in our weakness. He strengthens us in, in our, even, you know, again, when, when, we, when we fall short, he lifts us up and he keeps stretching his arms. He doesn't close himself up to say, oh, nope, you missed it. His outstretched arms are forever there. His outstretched arms are forever there. And as disciples, we have to, through our actions, continue stretching our arms out to those that may not have, you know, treated you the way you, you would have liked to have been treated. But that's what love does. Love takes no fault. It doesn't, it doesn't take account of the wrong done to it. Love, love never fails. And I can testify, and I know many of you on, on, on the, um, you know, on Facebook Live, you can testify too. We're unable to love like God without him. And I want to invite you today that you allow him to allow more of his love. It's not a one-time thing. Allow more of his love to saturate your hearts. When you wake up in the morning, because it's all about relationship, relationship first with him, ask him to allow more of his love to saturate your heart. Because we can't do it without him. I know how to hold you off a bed with my hands so you don't get close to me. I was so good at that. I only let a few people in. My my sister used to say, she said, you don't have friends. I said, I have acquaintances. I had acquaintances because I held everybody off at bay. I wasn't going to let you in because I didn't have time for that. I was about doing what I needed to do so I didn't, so I didn't starve as an adult. But... I had to learn that I can't love that way. I can't worry about that person um, lying on me or uh, hurting me or, you know, doing something one day that would bring, you know, make me feel a certain kind of way. I couldn't do that by myself. But as I surrender each and every day and allow the Spirit of God to continue to disciple me as you do the same, it's easy to love. It's easy to forgive. It's easy to, to say, I'm sorry. It's easy to say, hey, I missed it. And, you know, I like to tell y'all stories about, you know, me and my husband. Because, Lord, if, if God didn't use that man to teach me how to love, I don't know. I don't even know how I would even, you know. I, God has just used our relationship to help mold me into a stronger vessel for God. A, a woman that can, can just love wholeheartedly in spite of you know, and there are so many times that I have gotten so mad to where I'm like, you know, going back in my generational line going, I can do this by myself. I don't need it. I don't need a husband. I, you know, that's my generational line. We, nobody don't need to stay together. And the minute I go back in my old self, try to protect myself, the Spirit of the Lord said, mm-mm. Now you go in there and apologize. Even if I don't feel like I'm wrong. I have had to go and apologize. Let me tell you, that's what discipleship does. It will have you say, get past your flesh. It will have you get past your pride. It will have you get past your ego. It will have you, because see, if you, if we keep letting the enemy anchor us down with ego, pride, shame, embarrassment, we can never flow freely in the things of God. We can never flow freely. We can't be free with those things. 
the enemy and, and women, we, we got to be strong. We got to act like, look, look, just stop all that. I'm just telling the truth. I don't think, you know, in my opinion, I tried to be stronger than the strongest than the strongest. I got it all together. You know, you're not going to see me flinch. Honey, let me tell you what. I've been so liberated since I decided to say, you know what? This is how I feel about that. And, and here's where I was wrong. And here's what I need. And be vulnerable. Be vulnerable to, to the people that God has placed in your life. Trust them. God placed them in your life that you can do life together. That's one thing I learned. We're not always on the same level. But here's the thing. Wherever you are with God, you can't hold your breath and wait to God get that person in the same place. That's not your assignment. Your assignment is to walk one and one with Christ. You two, one and one. You can't wait till everybody in your life, till your children start acting right. You can't wait till your husband get it together. God says, I'm working with you and you allow me to work with them. The only thing we can do is pray for them. And I remember, you know, because we're going on 30 years. I remember the times when I didn't want to pray. And the Holy Spirit said, pray. That's what discipleship is. Discipleship teaches you how to serve others. It teaches you how to be a servant leader. It teaches you how to forgive. It, it teaches you how to win others over with your conduct. It's not about being the most, um, you know, elaborate speaker or, or eloquent, you know. It's about your, you know, your love coming through through your actions and being genuinely sincere about others. I can tell you, I, I say this with just the truth to shame the devil because this is not who I am today. I did not love people. I threw from my childhood issues. I'm just telling the truth. I dealt with people, but I had no compassion. I was straight up, tell you what I need to tell you, move on, didn't care how you felt about it. That's where I was. Let me hurt you. Let me get you straight. Before you come over here and think you're going to come mess with me. I, I put that shield up. I put that wall up. But being discipled and learning of Christ and learning of his love and surrendering every day. Allowing the Holy Spirit to come in. Allowing the Holy Spirit to convict me through the words that, that I study. That's not there anymore. The barrier is gone. The, the blockade is gone. And, and this is the other thing about becoming a disciple. He says, learn of me. Learning of Christ cannot be reduced down to an hour on Sundays. You got to fellowship with him every day. Learning of Christ cannot be reduced down to a checklist on a Wednesday night Bible study, Thursday, whatever night you have them, and a Sunday sermon. It's everyday learning of him. You and I are all going to face challenges every day in our lives. That will cause us to go back to the old self. You know, the deuces. But when we learn of Christ, there's a calmness that happens. When we, As we get disciple, there's a peace that happens. As we're being disciple, there's love that's happened. And then he tells us as disciples to continue to fellowship with one another. Continue to love one another. That's what he says about disciples. If you read chapters, read John chapter 10 to 13. 
Those are our, our principles of discipleship. Jesus himself, when he washed the disciples' feet, um, he was showing what servant leadership was. Those are principles of discipleship. I'm not, I'm a disciple just like you. Although God called me in fivefold ministry, I am still called to have that one-on-one -on -one relationship with him. Just like you're called. We got to get out of the old mindset that all the preachers going to do all the saving. No, saints, you're being perfected for the work of the ministry by the fivefold to be discipled in the Christ that you bring others. When Jesus was washing the disciple feet, the word of the Lord says he, he took off his outer robe. And he, he girded a towel around his waist. And he washed his disciples' feet. And Peter said, don't wash, you know, as in, you're, you're too high to be washing my feet. You know, you know, don't, Jesus said, if I don't wash your feet, you, he said, you can have no part of me. What Jesus was saying is, this is a spiritual washing that has to happen. This is not a fleshly thing. See, our relationship with each other as we're doing life together, we have to know that this is a spiritual thing that God is allowing to happen. This is not a fleshly thing. He said, he said, except I wash your feet. He said, you can't have nothing to do with me. And Peter was like, whoa, then wash every part of me, basically. He's like, wash all of me. He says, basically, he said, Peter, he said when he washed his feet, that was a spiritual cleansing. But he also said this about Peter being spiritually cleansed. He says that the words that he's giving him spiritually makes him whole. Our obedience to the word spiritually makes us whole. And let me tell you, that word is going to cut our flesh every single time. I know it's going to cut your flesh because I, before the Lord mended my heart, I don't know how many times I ever told people I was sorry. I was right when I was wrong because I tried to make my wrongs right. Because I had to be the one to tell you why I'm doing what I'm doing and ain't nothing you're going to do about it. Come on. But discipleship, the love of Christ, learning of Christ, getting in the Word. And you don't, you know, I, I, I've always said this, that I don't study to teach, but I study to live. Every time you get in the Word, first you got to eat the Word. You got to allow the word to partake in you. And then that word has to transform me from the inside out. And it's not about what I say, but what you see. If you see me um, where I'm talking about love and you never see me demonstrate love, I'm a hypocrite. If you see me talking about prayer and da 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 da, and you never see me demonstrate the, the, the power of, of, of prayer by the Spirit of God, come on. We got to be doers of the word because James said it so explicitly. Let's stop deceiving ourselves, always hearing. And now we got these platforms where everybody want to say, you know, something and watch something. But I am so dedicated and devoted to preaching the Christ, uh, Christ uh, resurrected, the power of Christ on the inside of us, the Christ that came, the Christ that died, the Christ that buried, the Christ that resurrected, because only that power can change us, because that's the power on the inside of us. Man, it was hard for me. I will tell you no lie to let, let me tell you what, the Bible says pride, um, the destruction, it will help me with that scripture, um, destruction and pride. It's like when, I, I'm going to just paraphrase the way it, it hit my heart. You're going to be destroyed if you let pride keep being the forefront of your life. You're going to be destroyed 
destruction happens when there is so much pride. And being a disciple, God starts by his presence, by his Holy Spirit, peeling back all those layers, all those abominations. He starts peeling back all those things that hinders your love walk with him and your love walk with others. And I say our love walk with him because many times we have held God obey. We've held him off because we really did wasn't ready to let people go. We wasn't we were not ready to forgive people. But God, his word is a changing word. His word is a life altering word. He is perfecting us for the coming of his son Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior. He's coming for a, a, a church that is uh, wise, wise, a church full of, of godly wisdom, a church that hears his voice, a church that abides in him and knowing that he abides in us and knowing that when we go through, we're not going through alone, but that we have our fellowship with each other. None of us are going through anything alone. We have our fellowship with each other. But you know the enemy tells you, tells us in the church, oh, don't tell them your business. I ain't telling you to tell them your business. But I'm telling you that you gotta, we gotta just put down the, you know, our own armors where we, we're protecting ourselves. You know, we, we trying to put this in. Look, I, no, naked we came into this world. Let me tell you what, naked we gonna leave. We ain't taking none of this little self-portraits that we put up of how we want people to see us. Come on, please. We come before the Lord bearing all. Bearing all. It's time to continue to build these relationships. I shared with you last week on the podcast. We have people that come into churches, left another church, mad what happened at that church, come in your church, Looking for a reason to be mad to leave your church. And what we're all seeking is relationship with God. Man can't fulfill that void if God is not in it. That hurt, man can't heal that hurt. But God can. Don't feel like you need to one-up people just for your own ego. But Humbly surrender to the leading of the Holy Spirit. And even when you're not wrong, sometimes just say you're sorry. You know what that does? That humbles you. See, discipleship humbles you. I think about Peter. The, uh, the, the, the scholars say that when Peter was um, crucified, that he asked them to crucify him upside down because he saw Christ in such a way he didn't think it was worthy even in the crucifixion being the most lowliest of lowest way to die that he should be even crucified up straight up see when you when you allow Christ through the word through the love to disciple you there's a humility that starts taking place in your heart. You know, people can, the thing that used to upset you when you heard people say stuff, you, it doesn't do the same. And, and, and that's not by your efforts. I'm telling you from my own knowledge. 
But the Spirit of God will give you a prayer for that person. He'll still have you go to that person and still look them in the eye, love them, genuinely care for them. And there's nothing they can do about it. There's that kind word that turns away wrath. See, the word of God is what teaches us how to be Christ-like. I didn't say behave, because a lot of times we put on the front. I'm talking about being Christ-like. Only when we are truly transformed from the inside out, when he, when Peter asked him about how many times we're supposed to forgive, <laughs> that, that's a question that we all have when we're in our old self. And what God gave him, Jesus gave him, he gave him 70 times 70. I want to say infinity. Because it's going to be numerous times when you're going to have an opportunity. You're going to have, I'm going to have opportunities to forgive those people that you've loved wholeheartedly. That's just what you're called to do as a disciple. But tradition you come in that church mad, you left that church mad, you come in this church, you leaving mad. But I say to all those, when you seek a relationship with Christ, transformation takes place from the inside out. And then the other parts in, in, in John 10 through 13, that fellowship we have with each other as disciples is an unbreakable bond because we're all sealed by the Holy Spirit. You're sealed. I'm sealed. Nothing can break that seal. So I say to everybody who's listening, don't let the devil, you know, don't let the devil get a foothold through anger, pride, resentment, unforgiveness. In the book of Ephesians, the Bible says, be angry and sin not. You can be angry at sin, but don't, don't you let it cause you to sin. Because see, when you're angry and you start being angry at the person, because God loves everybody. You can be angry at the sin. We open the door for the enemy, for, for him to bring a stronghold in our lives. Years of unforgiveness. Years of shame. And we want to let it all go so that God can be glorified. So that God can be glorified. Because only then, just like I was telling you about this sister um, in the Lord that I, 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 we are blessed to be a part, you know, in this relationship together. She accused her rape. She, um, she confronted her rapist. And in the same breath, ask him about his soul salvation. Ask him if, if he asked for forgiveness. If that's not discipleship, nothing else is. This love that God has is closer than a friend, than a brother. This thing is on the inside of us. Tradition can't do this. I can have the most, we can have 
the best music, the best psalmist, the best programs, the best, you know, activities. But if there's no love, if there's no Christ, if there's no word, we just making sound. We coming to get entertained. We coming to spectate. As a disciple, we are all to participate. We are all to participate. We are all to go answer the call to bring in 